TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Beer Show with Chris Reavers and Mike Fratelloni. Welcome to the Beer Show here on Score North at scorenorth.com. My name is Chris Reavers. Wow, we are live at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. This is fantastic. It's been a while since we've taken the Beer Show on the road. So thank you, uh, loyal Beer Show and Garage Logic fans, for stopping by here today. Uh, by my side, his name is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. Hello, Michael. I am wonderful. I am wonderful. Along with Mike is our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. And Ryan is here, in, uh, not in studio, we are on location. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Reavers, how you doing? I'm good, man. And uh, for those of you that are a little unfamiliar with how we do things in the beer show, uh, we do a really cool highlighted featured guest each and every single week, and uh, kind of a curveball with our guest this week because we said, hey, we're not going to be in studio at Hubbard Broadcasting, we're going to be at 30 Bales in downtown Hopkins. But, yeah. I, bet, but I bet that wasn't uh, not well received, correct? Well, yeah, they rolled with it, right? And Absolutely. We've got, we've got the Beaver Island boys uh, here with us this evening, uh, big fans of their beer, of course, and they've been in the Twin Cities market now for a couple of years, but you guys Jeez. have been doing your thing up in St. Cloud and Centro Soda, so to speak, for a while now. Uh, great beer, great guys. We've got... Uh, Nick Barth here uh, at the table with us today. How are you doing, Nick? I'm very good. How are you guys today? All right, so tell us, the people that are here at 30 Bales and anyone that might be listening to this show, uh, Beaver Island, let's hear the history. Well, we just turned five. Who are you guys? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we just turned five years old, uh, started out same concept as everybody else in a homebrew. Uh, you know, wives had to kick us out of the house because we were blowing stuff up in the basement. There's beer all over. We decided let's try this, you know, and see, try our hand at this. We were the 69th brewery in Minnesota, so I guess technically we're a veteran now with 184 uh, and counting. So wait a minute, wait a minute. How many years ago? This is five. So five years ago, there, was there were breweries. less than 70 breweries yep. in the state of Minnesota, and now there's how many? 184. That is incredible. And counting. Wow. All yeah, due we, to the beer show. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's due, because yeah. of the beer show. <laughs> we were the youngest brewery for one day. I think Voyager opened on Friday that week. So it was a busy time in the industry. Uh, St. Cloud was a, a warm market for us. Uh, both my business partner, Matt, and I were from the area, as well as our brewer, Chris Lom. He came to us with over 25 years of professional brewing experience. He had been at 3rd Street and prior to that at a brew pub in St. Cloud called O'Hare Brothers. So we started off uh, making beer, classic styles. Um, we opened the doors in the tap room in February of 2015, and uh, everything just exploded. The story is kind of very similar for a lot of our colleagues. Um, started out uh, with you know four beers on tap in a tap room servicing our local market draft only year two we doubled year three we doubled again we added package in year four and it's just been this continuous growth um, now we pretty much service most of Minnesota we're, we're not in the Rochester area or southwest Minnesota um, we dabble a little bit in the North Dakota area with uh, Grand Forks and Fargo and looking to add a little bit into Wisconsin this year but yeah it's just it's been tremendous um, as kind of Ryan alluded we opened the Twin Cities market two years ago almost to the date with this show so we launched with this show right here in the Twin Cities market and specifically with Elevated Wine and Spirits. And so it's kind of cool two years later to be back here and look and see where we came from. Uh, when we mo moved into the market in 2018, we were, I don't know, I mean, we were insignificant. We were a thimble in an ocean. And it's been a tremendous uh, experience growing the brand and, and uh, uh, 
meeting new people. Um, we've added some new personnel. We've got a great territory manager here in uh, the Twin Cities. His name's Ryan Swanson, uh, industry veteran. He does a great job of taking care of the market. Uh, and now we've got this brand new beer out here today, and that's kind of what we're talking about. Very cool. Uh, for those of you that are here in attendance live at 30 Bells Restaurant on 11th and Main Street in downtown Hopkins, we are giving away a number of items here this evening, and uh, you do need to be present to win that wonderful Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Store snowblower. Thank you for that, Michael. You're all, I just don't want to carry it home. Yeah, well, and you don't want to deliver, right? No, that's no. that's basically the that's basically the point. Uh, so the register to win box is over here next to the broadcast table, along with our good friends at Dasco Label. They are also over here, and you can register to win that. So uh, please make sure that you do that. And thanks for your continued support of the beer show. All right, back to you guys at Beaver Island. I'm always curious, and I think I asked this question when Mankato was on the same time. But I'm always always curious when you're based out of a college town, mm. because we know that the college beer drinker, those 21 and older, of course. It's, it's kind of a different animal than, than it is being in, in, in different cities in the state. 100%. And not only being in a college town, but being a, a pitching wedge away from the university. Yeah. So the Welcome Center, if you walked out our back door in the, our back parking lot, is on the other side of the road. And that's the, the entryway to, on Fifth Avenue to, to, the, to the university. So the difference maybe for our brand and maybe some of the other brands is we don't see a tremendous amount of the students. They're more for the, like the, the value-packed beers, right, the things that are crushable. You're getting the dad that's coming to visit the student. Yeah, or uh, this is always my favorite. Graduation, we're packed the whole weekend. Sure. And students are like, Mom and Dad, this is where I hung out. I swear, this is the place where I hung out. No, it's not. No, no we don't have shots. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a lot of staff, a lot of faculty, grad students, international students uh, at the tap room. Our tap room is, is really a unique place. It's, it's not the, the the hub of our business. In fact, it's really a fraction of what we do. Uh, wholesale and, and retail is really a larger portion of what we do. So the the tap room has really become a place for people to to literally come and see and and smell and and, and taste uh, our brand. And uh, it's it's really unique uh, atmosphere. I hope if anybody ever has a chance, they come and, and visit us and see us. But yeah, that's where it all started. Nick, when you have someone coming in and they... And they Quiet they, down, sir. <laughs> when they come in and they say, hey, I want something that tastes like Natty Ice. Sure. Um, what, do you, what do you push them to? So we have a Culligan cooler in the corner. We just point, <laughs> point over there. Or like Pour we, a little beer on no, the top. No, uh, actually, we just came out with this new SKU, and, and it just literally landed in front of us two seconds ago here. It's, it's called uh, Minnesota Classic. And Minnesota Classic, it, it launched uh, and debuted with Axe Drager, two core brands for 2020. Minnesota Classic is a toasted lager. It's light, it's crisp, it's fresh. It's that bobber beer, right? It's that dock beer. Uh, you go out on the dock, and you throw the bobber in the water, and if you don't catch a, a fish, at least you catch a buzz. And it's just this, this awesome, clean, crisp, refreshing beer. So this would be one of them. And then, uh, you know, Axe Drager, the other one that we have uh, available here today. Well, let's talk a little bit about that beer, too, Axe Drager. Uh, collaboration beer with Mighty Axe Hops. Uh, we've actually got Eric from Mighty Axe yep. with us uh, this evening to speak about this in the next segment, too. But um, what went into this collaboration? You know, what kind of hops are you using? And, and uh, tell us a little bit more about the beer. Yeah, so this is really something quite special, not just for us, but I really think to celebrate the state and beer in general. So this is truly a Minnesota IPA. All of the malt comes from Malt Works in Detroit Lakes right here in Minnesota. All the hops, of course, as you mentioned, come from Mighty Axe Hop Farm. Mighty Axe Hop Farm, as the crow flies, is no more than 10 or 15 miles from our east facility. In fact, Eric will allude to this, I'm sure, in the next segment. It's his favorite account to come to because he can get there in a few minutes from his facility. So Mighty Axe Hop Farm invested in central Minnesota and invested in, in a farm in our area and became really one of the first to not only grow in mass scale but also invest in the equipment 
to produce high-quality pelletized hops. And that really is an important part about this story, is that we had lots of hop growers locally that were doing it as a hobby, that were bringing us whole cone hops. And, and it's a mess. It's hard to make great beer out of. And, and this beer has really... I, I, I call it a life-changing beer, and I mean that. I keep saying that to our retailers. I keep saying that to our teams. This is a life-changing beer. Like It's so unique, and it's so special. And the fact that we were able to produce this from Minnesota ingredients. Think about the world, right? Malt from Europe, hops from the West Coast, wherever you can think of. The whole world, you have access to all these ingredients. And we chose to stay right here in Minnesota, and we're able to produce something of this quality. So 6.3% alcohol by volume, you know, in that 80-plus IBU range. It's just, it's it's easy to drink. It's it's uh, delicious, and it's truly life-changing. So You're- act- well, go ahead. You're very soft-spoken, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's the, the exact kind of radio guest you always root for. Hunters was like saying we really needed to take a trip there, and I said, "Oh, you want to take a trip up to to Beaver Island?" And he's like, "Yeah, I need to go to Beaver Island." <laughs> and he didn't know there was a tap room there, and right. I thought got to get both of those. Yeah, I knew I was waiting. We're eight minutes and 30 seconds in, and I was surprised Someone it took you that long. I, yeah, you're right. Uh, Beaver, <laughs> Beaver Island Brewing Company, the guest here on the Beer Show. Two tastings this weekend, per usual. That's the double Beer Show featured tasting at both elevated locations. If you're unfamiliar, shame on you. Uh, you can stop in at my store. That's the South Minneapolis location at Hiawatha and 42nd. That Beer Show tasting will take place from 5 to 7 p.m. and this Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. Stop in at the White Bear Lake store, the home of Joe's uh, you can do that from 3 to 5 p.m., and you get to sample Beaver Island for free. Cool yes, bears. yeah, yeah. That's uh, always a, a great way to sample all of these beer show guests' uh, wares. And what we're going to be doing today is giving away some gift cards, too, that you could take with you to Absolutely. the tasting and purchase, and some, purchase Beaver some Beaver Island beer. Yeah. One of the coolest parts about today, and, and this was uh, our territory manager, Ryan, kind of brought this to attention. We're at 30 Bales, which the namesake comes after the fact that it, that's how much food it took to feed Babe the Blue Ox. This beer is named Axe Drager, uh, and Mighty Axe is named after Paul's Mighty Axe that we all know carved the mighty Mississippi, and Babe's footprints made the lakes. And so it's really cool to bring this all full circle and have the folklore and the legend kind of be tied in with the beer. So I think it's I think it's serendipitous. Well, the buffalo plaid is a great look, And the too. buffalo plaid on the can, right? Well, I, meant, this, I meant on your shirt. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just blend. It's camouflage is what we call it Does in St. Claude. you know buffalo plaid? Did you know red and black is buffalo plaid? I just learned that right now. Okay, right now. yeah. Oh. I think we, we've been in the beer industry a long time now on this show. Yep. But we still don't know what buffalo plaid is. But it's this red and white tartan, I guess. Red and black, yeah. Red and black. Red and black plat- pattern. Looks like the tablecloth you had at your picnic last year. Mm-hmm. See, and here I was just thinking that you wore that shirt just so you could get away with drinking on the job. Maybe that's part of the deal, too. Um, so, you know, you said five years. And I always like finding out from, from people like you that have been, you know, they're not babies. They're, they've been at it for a couple of years. But still, you know, you're learning every day, which is, I'm sure, what your, your story is, too. What did you not know five years ago that you know today and wish you had known five years ago? Because I'm always oh. interested to hear that side of the thing, that side of the story. Uh, tap handles are really expensive. <laughs> so that'd be number one. I don't think people realize that every keg requires a tap handle nowadays. Uh, I think the biggest thing was just stay true to who you are. You know, as the industry evolves and the industry changes, there are so many different styles out there. And I'm not knocking anyone for either chasing a trend or adapting or pivoting. But be true to what you are. We make really good. Beer that people want to drink. That has always been our motto. We're not this big flashy brewery. We don't have the Nike swoosh on the label. We just make great beer that people want to drink and then want to share with a friend. So I think that we we were trying sometimes to be something that we weren't, and we found more success in just staying true 
to what we started with and, and believing in what uh, what inspired us to start the brewery. Now you got me curious. What did you try that you shouldn't have? Oh, we tried a raspberry like cream ale one time. <laughs> we tried like, I don't know. Just I can't say the sh word on. Yeah, it, please don't do just, that. Just poop. Yeah, we, tried, we made poops. But you know what? That's the learning curve that a lot of it people is. go through. Correct. It is, and I think that again, you have to find your identity and your niche. And and for us, uh, I think that that just came down to the fact of making sure that we're listening to our sales team and staying current. Right? We don't want to be old, and we don't want to be the Tootsie Roll brand. We want to be the you know the Starburst brand, but we also don't want to have everything have to be you know juicy IPA and hazy this and pineapple soaked that. Um, and I think this beer really tells that story. I think people are coming back down from all of the exciting things that were were exposed they were exposed to, and now they're like, "Can I just get a a great IPA?" Right. Well, and that's the that's I think the 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 trend at chasing I think is what a lot of breweries do choose to do. And you're right; they they tend to get away from what they're really they're really good at. How many IPAs do you have, Nick? Here comes the Mike Fratelloni uh, suggestion well, of the week. Right. I mean, so IPAs year, are the number one seller, right. and yeah, yeah, a whole yeah. bunch of breweries yeah. have yeah. one. I'm so, like, why don't you have so 15? we have. So that's a great question. So we we'll package twenty four different there products this year, uh, four cores of which Axtrager is our core IPA, so our year round IPA. But we also do a summer IPA called Tribute, which is the f- basically like a, a, a session IPA, so light and crisp. We do a hazy IPA called River Hopper. We do a juicy IPA called Trail Hop. And then we do a red IPA in the fall and winter called 39 Red IPA. So we, we have five in the portfolio, but uh, nothing does the this, this scale of what we've already done here with Axtrager in the first quarter, cool. first month. I have a question. You know, we, we often ask this of outstate breweries, and, and, and they're you know, coming to the Twin Cities market. What is that What is that like from your perspective? Has it, has it been challenging at all to, to come to the Twin Cities after really dominating, just owning all of the St. Cloud area? Yeah, so works. we were extremely under-indexed in the Twin Cities. Um, we sell a tremendous amount of beer, and we sell all of that basically north of Rogers. Um, a lot of breweries in the Twin Cities admire and respect what we do in the outstate, and we feel the same about what they get to do in the Twin Cities. When I first came to the market, every Tom, Dick, and Harry with a crowler machine was stuffing cans into the five deck, and it was crowded. There was no space left. Sure. And so what we had to find was, where can we be successful? Who wants to partner with us? And Ryan, you said that to us when we met uh, during the, the J.J. Burnick's transition. You're like, we want to help you grow your brand. Those are the partners, the strategic retail partners that we want to focus on, and we want to figure out how to grow and develop our business. But yeah, it's, it's, it's clicky. There's a tremendous amount of noise. Uh, liquor stores, as you both know, is, are not getting any larger. Shelves are not getting any deeper. Uh, it, you know, it's getting more competitive. So we have to make sure that we have the right product in the right place at the right price. And if we have those three things, we'll likely be successful. And in the uh, case that we're not, it maybe requires a little more support. But it is. It was. I really thought that we would just walk in and everyone would just you know bow down and, and start <laughs> buying all of our beer. And we launched and it, you know. It was barely a breath in the half wind. The people did. Yeah, it was barely. Right. Yeah, I don't even think three people did. <laughs> so one of the things that we uh, always talk about whenever we have uh, one of our friends from the Duluth area on, uh, Bent Paddle, whoever. So I'm curious because Duluth is one of those kind of hidden gems as opposed, to, you know, for the the craft beer scene because it's there's a there's a gr- bunch of great places to choose from. Is Saint Cloud 
kind of in that same vein? Is it? I mean, I know it's not as no, no, that's as robust question. as Duluth, um, but uh, I'm curious. So I, I really am proud of, and, and I have to make the sphere just slightly larger and say Central Minnesota. I'm really proud of Central Minnesota and the beer that they make. We took a number of GABF uh, medals home this year. Uh, we took a medal home for our Oktoberfest. Lupulin took a medal home for their Dortmunder. Uh, Spill Grain took a, a medal home. If you look at the concentration of where the medals were given out this year, Central Minnesota performed extremely well. And so we have a tremendous amount of talent and a tremendous amount of quality. It's always just trying to figure out how to get your voice just a little louder than the guy next to you. Sure. And if you have a tap room here, you get a chance, all of you get a chance to go and, and taste and, and smell and feel their brand really quickly. To get to St. Cloud, it's one hour and seven minutes from here. I know because that's what the Google map told me. <laughs> and so to get there is, is probably a little more work. And I think that... Uh, that they have that competitive advantage. But I'm really proud of St. Cloud. I'm really par- proud of Central Minnesota, and I think we do make some of the best beer in the state. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Ryan, so when you're, uh, obviously, you, you and Tom both, you know, you do a lot of research and background to try to figure what stands out for Beaver Island. I just think, the, especially lately, the versatility. You know, we're seeing really cool packages, and the one that stands out to me, of course, is the Sweet Miss uh, variety mm-hmm. pack. Um, did some really cool variations of Sweet Miss in that, and it was, uh, you know, it was a 12-pack. Was it three different? Yep, three, three different varieties, yeah. And uh, I thought that was just very unique. Uh, you're not seeing that from other players in the market. Um, so, yeah, just kind of staying versatile, uh, innovative. Uh, the collaboration with Mighty Axe I think is fantastic, keeping it Minnesota. Um, you guys are just... Uh, you're, you're very nimble, and yeah. you're putting out some amazing beer right now. I think the advantage that we have, and we talked about this with our wholesaler when we signed on with JJ in, in September, is that we're, we're small enough that we can pivot, but we're large enough that we can make an impact. We cool. have enough wholesalers, with seven wholesalers, that we can really drop an impact in the state, but we're small enough that if something isn't working, we can pivot. So, Nick from Beaver Island, what is the next big trend that you're – going to at least go after. Cause, okay, because all uh, no, of that no, yeah. being said, you're here today and you're at this level, but beer's fickle. Yeah. You need to have the next big thing next month. Do you know what I think the next big thing is? I think that it's in that white can sitting right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I think the next big thing is that we're going to ride this, the hill back down. We started with domestic light lagers that we pulled out of our grandpa's or dad's or mom's fridge. And then we moved ourselves into something like a, a Newcastle or a malt-driven beer. And then we got excited about craft and we wanted it hoppier and hoppier and hoppier. And then we wanted it sour and tasting like mangoes and passion fruit. And then... We were like, okay, well, what else is out there? And we started riding the wave back down to stouts, and we saw classic styles of IPAs. And then when we land, we're really just going to want to have six or seven beers with our friends and enjoy a, you know, a crisp, clean, refreshing beer that's made pure and true. And I think that the next big trend, as loggers figuratively crash in from the coasts, will be... Those those nice clean loggers. Here, here, I thought you were going to say the next big thing is the raspberry cream ale. Oh, I almost got him to cuss. You you did. I I don't bring that up. All that right, was a, that was a dark moment. You know what I said when we pushed it out to market? This, this is, is literally be the my famous beer. last words. It's good enough. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> put it away. Wah. Put it away. All right, so if people want to find out more information about you guys at Beaver Island, where they can locate your beer, all of that things, uh, everything's available online, I would Absolutely. assume. Absolutely, beaverislandbrew.com. We've also got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have a full-time gal, Bridget, who works with us. She does a phenomenal job of keeping you guys up to date with everything that's going on in the company.
Very cool. Continued success, my man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. And two tastings this weekend, Ryan, per usual, the double beer show feature yep, tasting. Yeah, the beer show features. We'll have uh, the Minneapolis tasting on Friday from 5 to 7 with Beaver Island, and then on Saturday, 3 to 5 at the White Bear Lake store. Of course, have to mention our web store and delivery. Um, Elevated.shop. You can go to uh, through your web browser, or you can download our app. Go to your app store, search Elevated Beer. Of course, we're not just beer. We have it all. So wait a minute. I could just get Beaver Island delivered right to my door? Yes, you can. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? That's unbelievable. Yeah, so it actually is It's really slick. The app is very user-friendly. Uh, I would say, on average, these orders are being delivered within 45 minutes, which is super convenient uh, for a number of different uh, use cases, which uh, maybe we'll get into a little later in the show. So we're going to transition a little bit from beer talk to how we label the beer talk. Uh, our friends from Dasco Label... Up in Blaine are here with us at 30 Bales. We kind of made this an all-encompassing beer show uh, supporter broadcast, uh, a live listener event. Will and Katie are here from Dasco. Thank you for making the drive, and thank you for coming out. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, so you guys are also doing a giveaway that people can sign up for, both if maybe if you're a beer drinker or a beer maker. What are we doing? Yeah, so we got a couple awesome prizes here. Um, if you look over at our table, we have this really nice beer basket that's going on over there with some... Uh, beef jerky and a couple of really great beers. So, is the beer show host eligible? <laughs> Dang no, you it. are not. Dang it! <laughs> um, but if you sign up in the the, um, the box over here, you can win that. We're also giving away a couple uh, label options as well. So, if you're a home brewer or own a brewery, um, you can come and sign up at our table, and we'll actually do a free run of custom labels for you. Um, and that could be even like if you're doing a wedding or a special event, uh, we'll do a run of custom labels for you, so you can give it out at your special event and, and do some fun things there. So, so when I gave you guys the kind of the two minute warning of when we were going to start uh, recording the podcast, Katie all of a sudden threw her headset down and frantically ran back towards the table and said, I have to grab my notes. And she came back with that. Like four words written on a piece of paper. (laughs) And she knew I was going to make fun of her when she did that. Um, Katie, walk us through the Dasco company, you know, the history of the company, but also why you guys decided to kind of get into this industry. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Dasco's been doing pretty much all all things labels for close to 60 years. And so we really became an expert in uh, experts in labels from everything from the material right down to the adhesive. And we realized that when it comes to labeling beer, there was really an opportunity there when we noticed specifically on some crawlers that there was handwriting on there. And (laughs) <laughs> so we kind of put our heads together and thought, hey, we could really make a difference in this industry yeah. and kind of hit the ground running from there. So we're really looking to partner with anything from a home brewer um, all the way up to uh, a fully functioning brewery or someone who's trying to start their brewery and see if we can partner with you to get great labels and have that premium experience at, at your brewery. And one of the things that I've always, and I know I bring this up every time I have you guys on, but I always pictured, you know, the cool bottle of champagne, Mike, mm-hmm. for, for for Mike and Chris and their romantic endeavor. Yes. You know, but I, I, the seventh anniversary of the beer show. Right, exactly. That <laughs> Even better stated. So, But what I what, what I saw, too, is Katie brought, a, a, was it a bottle of wine? Oh, yeah. That's over there. And uh, I want to hear the story, but this is how cool what they do at Dasco, folks. They can custom label if you're having an anniversary or you're celebrating a wedding or whatever. This is such a cool element to something that you guys are doing, but I want to hear the story of the bottle of wine that you told me off the year before we started here today. <laughs> yeah, so those are my friends, and um, unfortunately for them, I made that label after their wedding for them, um, but it still can make a really great memento, and it can really uh, just change the whole vibe at your wedding or at your event. Let's say you're you're a brewery and you you are sponsoring an event or something like that. You can create some 
custom labels and, and really create a whole new experience. All of a sudden, people aren't just drinking your beer, but they're also looking at the label and reading yeah. and learning more. Um, so kind of that's the, the long story behind, behind that is you can really do whatever you want. You know, Will, tell us this because you guys didn't just start with beer labels. Like if, if someone in here owns a large company and they make 10,000 packages a month, you guys do that all day long. You've been doing labels for 60 years, correct? Yeah, yeah. So uh, about 65 years, actually, we've been in the label business. Um, and we've been doing anything from high-test cryo labels to engine blocks to you know, all sorts of industrial-type labels. And we kind of sat around uh, a couple months ago and thought, you know, what are some other areas we can get into? Mm-hmm. And we got into some of these really great new labeling systems that were more of the design-type labels, the graphic design that we can throw on a label. Um, and thought, hey, we're, we're pretty good at this. So we can get into some of these different type systems and, and start really being unique in terms of how people identify the things they're selling. Um, and that's where you know the small batch labels come in for the beer and, and wine and things like that where we can set you up with these systems that really make it easy to do customized labels. You guys um, have, have crafted the craft beer system. You know exactly, how to yeah. do this. Yeah. This, is not, <laughs> this is not you testing it saying, I think we can do a beer label. This is, oh, this is how you can Look, do Look, I a- got the printer to turn yeah, on. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait, we don't have any red colorants. Uh, we can't do that. I mean, you guys are professionals at this. This is all you do. Every day on a huge scale, yeah. and all the way down to I want to make my own craft beer can. Yeah, exactly. So so, so cool. And I what I also like is the fact that and we had we were having this discussion with Beaver Island, you know, earlier earlier in the program is the fact that there's only so much shelf space. You know, Elevated only has a run of you know so many so many lines, so many aisles, so many you know so many different beers that they could do. The biggest thing that can separate. Uh, an unknown craft beer from another unknown craft beer. Yeah, I can look. I want a hazy IPA, or I'm looking for a lager, or I'm looking for a sour, what have you. It's eye appeal. You know, I'm going to look for something. Oh, you know, and in fact, no joke, that's the first time I tried clown shoes. Mm -hmm. Because clown shoes makes those cool, funky, you know, labels. And I went, oh, that looks kind of neat. I'm going to grab that. And now I love their beer. But that's that's the only reason why I tried it was because of the label. Yeah, I mean, we even put Chris's face on a, a can of beer. <laughs> I don't know it if it's a selling point or not, but undrinkable. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, if you guys want to see it, by the way, it's over at the Dasco table because one of my favorite beers, and my buddy Ben is sitting right in front of it, is the Dangerous Man Peanut Butter Porter. And these guys put my face on the Dangerous Man logo, and I still have mine sitting sitting at my house. That's what they do. It's really, really cool. Ben, do you mind grabbing that for us? We can check yeah. it out here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> But that's that's cool, and that's that's exactly what you guys are all about. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen? There's a, a shelter that partnered with a brewery in North Dakota, and they're no. putting the dogs on the labels. <gasps> no, that's yes. unfair. And, and those are the types of things we want to do. I mean, it's really there's so many possibilities out there, and they're putting these dogs that need to be adopted yeah. on the label of the beer, and then. People are buying the beer and helping this great cause to get rescue dogs new homes. That's unbelievable. I never would have thought, but you're right. That's that's right. another angle of, yeah, they want to sell the beer, but they also want to partner and make it. But with a talk good- about having to have really super fresh beer, because like, if the beer's sitting on the shelf for a month, you're like, oh, that dog's gone. No, Mike. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh you should have bought that beer like two weeks ago. Fido's in the... Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, that's all I could think of. Well, many things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people, by the way, are going to ask, well, how do I get in touch uh, with the fine folks at Dasco? How do they do that? Yeah, you can go to our website, uh, dasco.com. That's D-A-S-C-O. Uh, we have contact us links and everything like that. And um, If you have any questions, give us a, a ring or reach out with a contact us form on the website. And then what was so cool is you know setting this up this live broadcast here a couple of, a couple of weeks back or whenever we decided that we were going to do it at 30 Bales here in downtown Hopkins. 
you know, I looped you guys in on the on the uh, on the email chain, and it was like, ah, yep, absolutely, we want to be there. And so, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of the broadcast here today, and thanks for the continued support of the beer show. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And uh, did did we get through all of your notes, Katie? Yeah. If you're a home brewer, if you know someone who's a home brewer and they're looking to do some labels, come sign up. Otherwise, if you have a brewer of your own, you're eligible for 250 custom crowler labels. So head on over to our table. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, We're going to be right back. Do not touch that radio dial or get up from your seat at 30 Bales Restaurant here in downtown Hopkins. Final segment of the beer show here on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's Reavers. It's Fratelloni. It's our buddy Tom from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. We are live at 30 Bales Restaurant where the mayor of Garage Logic and his chauffeur, the rookie, are now exiting the premises. We will still be here, by the way, for those of you here live at 30 Bales Restaurant. We will still be here till 6 o'clock. Please don't forget to register for one of four Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits gift cards or a couple of really cool Dasco label beer-related products. We're going to have those guys on here in just a couple of minutes. Or a Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores snow blower. Yeah, so make sure you register with Ross over here, and we'll all get everybody signed up here before we conclude today's program. All right, so we were talking Beaver Island Brewing Company earlier in the show today, Tom, and kind of a really cool uh, fact about this uh, IPA, the Axe Dragger IPA, it's all Minnesota products. Hang, hang on a second. I'm kind of dealing with some food that I just ate. What did you have, amazing, by the way? Amazing. Give 30 Bales some love. What did yeah, you have? So I had, the, I, I'm always kind of on the lookout for, you know, veggie burger kind of options, but not like the frozen yeah, gotcha. house-made stuff. Garbage. Gotcha. Yeah, just like what people are doing, and they do a really interesting one with uh, chickpeas, wild rice, and kind of get this falafel tzatziki thing going. And uh, and now that Joe's gone, I'm putting <clears throat> my hat back on. Right, I'm dealing continue. with it right now. I'm dealing with it right now. It's, uh, it's, it's in there. It's sitting in there. Yeah. It's I like feel, you're in the second trimester belly. I, is I feel really good, <laughs> and I'm just happy with everyone right now. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you too, buddy. All right. All right. So uh, there, there's back a really... To the, back to the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I gave you the nice segue to introduce <laughs> the next guest, but that's fine too. So the, the really cool uh, thing about the Axe Dragger IPA from Beaver Island Brewing Company is the local component yes. of it that it has all Minnesota ingredients in that particular beer. Chris, I talk about this all the time. You do. Local, terroir, you know, taking advantage of what makes Minnesota interesting and and something that it's unique about us. Uh, we have Eric Sanarud from Mighty Axe Hop Farm. That's right. Hey. Eric, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, been on the show guys. once before. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. So for you those drinking that- beer? Oh yeah, I'll you know too. it. Right. Okay. So for so those that are unfamiliar that. with what Mighty Axe Hops is and or has been for these last couple of years, you guys are a pretty big darn deal, and I think it's worth gloating about. So take it away, sir. Sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm Eric. I'm from Mighty Axe. I grow hops in Minnesota, and we're the largest <laughs> hop farm from Michigan to Idaho. Yes, you are. Wow. It's yeah. really cool. It's something that's really it's it's really cool to see because you know we had you guys on. Kind of from the get go, and then to watch your growth is. I was trying is to really remember cool. exactly when we had. I mean, it was pretty, you were pretty new. You were pretty new. I yeah. mean, it must have been like a year or two in. But I, mean, I think you weren't even harvesting yet when we first oh, had you on. Maybe right? not at all. No, no. So I mean, we've been going now. This is our seventh year of, of hops production, and um, we're super excited to be working more and more with brewers and like. Not just taproom beers, right? You don't have to go hunting around to find Axe Dragger. It's a year-round IPA, 100% Minnesota ingredients, a truly local 
craft beer, grown here, brewed here, drank here? Yes. Yes. So from rhizome to actually getting hops out that you can sell, how long does that take? Well, I know because I bought some rhizomes and and squirrels ate them in my yard. It was super frustrating. (laughs) It takes takes like a year or two um, to go from hops, plant to hops, beer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so how is that affecting you on a commercial scale? Like how are you – talk about a little bit about how your your plant and your harvest has, has kind of changed over the years. That's great. I mean, part it, – it, it stinks and it's great because, you know, it stinks because you got to like kind of guess what people are going to want in two years, which mm-hmm. is hard, especially in our space. I mean, uh, if a brewer had to brew a beer and then wait two years to sell it, that'd be uh, tricky. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's also nice because each year the as the plants get more mature, they get better growing, they better mm-hmm. yield, more resistant to bad things happening. How do you feel? I mean, is there changes in the the flavor that you're getting out of these hops as well, or do you feel it just to some more extent? Yield? I think I think a lot of the changes in flavor are just improvements in growing practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, I like to say we grow our hops like you would grow cannabis. Um, really learning a lot from the cannabis space so you're, where you're, oil matters, or sure. CBD or hemp. You know, it matters how much oil or the quality, the content of the oil. Well, they're I mean they're similarly in the yeah they're genius. all related yeah, yeah exactly. whatever. So you're, you're, you're opening up. I mean, if you ever have some whole cone mm-hmm. hops and you, you kind of can crack those open. Yeah, you rip them really. in half. You can see the glands. You can see where the oil, you can smell what the, the beer would really, smell like. Really nice ar- aromatics from that, too. And yeah, so What hop are you making, Eric? We grow, we grow 13 different varieties of hops. Okay, is there a super hot one that only one brewer gets? Uh, not quite like that. But he doesn't like have, to play favorites. Of, yeah. No, I absolutely would. Whoever favorited the most money is the way I would do it. Well, honestly, I mean, honestly, uh, Axtrager is a huge investment in locally grown ingredients. To have a year-round IPA, it's a, it's a lot of ingredients going sure. to IPA. You sell a lot of beer. A lot of hops. Um, and you sell a lot of beer. And to have something like this that is Minnesota-focused, it says it on the front of the label, it says it on the descriptor, you might have seen an inspired, legendary IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that means a lot for communicating to beer drinkers that what they're drinking is a 100% local Minnesota-grown beer. And I think that that's something that means a lot to folks. Because you have to buy hops on a contract, I think most breweries do that, are are all your hops sold out for the next couple of years? Actually, contracting is becoming less and less common. It is, Um, okay. Most of the hop crop used to be contracted about five or ten years ago, and now it's most of the hop crop in the United States, is not contracted. But we're moving more and more to more and more contracts because you're what building we're interested in, right, and, yeah. we're a very small hop farm. Like, we're the biggest from Michigan to Idaho. Mm-hmm. We're also a tenth of the size of the average hop farm in America mm-hmm. West, where they grow lots of all the hops. Okay. And that's uh, where I wanted to go next because, yeah. yeah, I know that you guys obviously are, are extremely large in both in terms of production and name recognition here in the Midwest. Yeah. But I'm curious, there's obviously inherent challenges that face you guys because of where you're based on purely from a climate standpoint, yes. what are those challenges opposed to if you had you know, a hop farm in you know, Southern California, let's just say, for instance? Yeah, I mean, what it, the difference, uh, uh, folks who are listening are familiar that Minnesota's climate is not the same as, say, Portland, Oregon. No. Or, uh, <laughs> I don't actually don't know the cities in Idaho where they grow up in Idaho. Um, and we have a lot of challenges with like timing of when spring happens. Is it early? Is it late? Is it hot enough? But also, even though we're in Minnesota... It, Part of partly why we're not in the Pacific Northwest, we get a lot of interest from around the country. We sell a, an ungodly amount of hops in Maryland. I've never even been there. They're just really liking our stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of word of mouth is a lot of how brewers make their 
their purchasing decisions. We were exported to Brazil and Canada and Sweden. It's very interesting. Is there a particular brewery in Maryland, like one that's buying you up? Is it just orange? Really? That's really cool. And how how did that relationship come to be? I mean, was it the internet? I mean, they found us on yeah, find us on social media. Right. Yeah. No. It's uh somehow through the internet they found us, and you can purchase our hops online as a craft brewer. And so they clicked the button. They showed up. They liked them. So I'm curious because we see you know trends with different breweries, whether it's the haze craze or 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 what have you. Do you also see that in terms of what people are ordering throughout the course of the year, or does it does it oftentimes change month to month? There is a lot of seasonality to our business, just like brewing. As a consumer, you might not think about it that way, but you buy and drink a lot more beer when it's nice out and a lot less beer when it's not nice out. Um, however, we do see uh, like the hot purchasing decisions flow and ebb and flow with the season, but also the trends. So like um, people will get really heavy into our, our hops that I would describe as crispy boy hops or Hops or beers that are loggery or like Hashtag Minnesota classic. Yes, I see that. Or you know, B-O-I. and then and then kind of on the shoulder seasons, a lot of spring and fall beers tend to be uh, hoppier IPAs. And then there's in the dead of the winter, like November December, is when we get the orders for the double IPAs. Sure, right? The nine percent sit you on your butt. You're not doing anything anyway. So, you know. do you have any hops that were generated from the University of Minnesota's uh, intelligence? <laughs> we 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 have we have many trial varieties from them. Nothing okay. at a at a at a commercial scale or like a named hop. But we are trying a lot of varieties. With so the I, I, we were talking a little bit off the air while we were enjoying some great thirty bale uh, food um, about kind of the branding and 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 kind of uh, uh, actually like copywriting or that's not the right word, but like protecting. The, uh, the different varietals of hops, like where are you at with kind of what you're developing, what you're working on as far as different different uh, varietals? Yeah, we so we have a, we grow all public genetics. So all the plants that we grow are public USDA-owned or bred varieties. But from there, what we can do as farmers who are maybe a little bit more focused on the research or a little bit more cutting edge than like the general hop industry is we can say, hey, look, we might be growing this plant that's genetically a Chinook plant the type of hop. Sure. But because of where it's grown, the influence of terroir, like you mentioned, how we grow it, how we harvest it, it creates a different experience, and we call that, we call our Chinook Tropica. That doesn't make it not Chinook, but it gives us a, it gives it a distinctive name that allows brewers especially to interact with it in a different way, changes their expectations, um, and has been a very successful endeavor for us. Eric from IDX Hops here is the guest here on the Beer Show, live at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins, alongside of Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. My name is Chris Reavers. Uh, we mentioned this early in the broadcast, but worth repeating. Uh, Beaver Island Brewing is the collab with Mighty X Hops and Beaver Island Brew. It's called the Axe Dragger Minnesota IPA, and you will have the chance to sample that uh, for free, by the way, this Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. at the South Minneapolis location. That's what I call the Chris Reavers store. Or you can also check them out in White Bear Lake at Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. And, Tom, this is such a wonderful opportunity for people to be able to sample a really good locally sourced IPA, and they get to do it for free. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about, you know, a burgeoning kind of sub uh, category of, of a Minnesota IPA and you know of course we've talked about how the ingredients are all there but like talking about kind of some of the flavors that are there too you know you the the trend has been to these big and hazy and 
overloaded uh, tropical fruits, and sometimes it's like, man, I would just, you know, kind of want an IPA that I can drink, you know, that has a little bit of bitterness to balance it out, sessionable. Eh, I mean, I've had a few. I've had a couple of these now. Six and a half-ish percent, you know. <laughs> and, and, and you made a great point. I mean, this this has, I mean, technically 80 IBUs. You know, that's on the higher scale, especially with people that are drinking almost now no bitterness in their IPAs these days, you know, all late edition hops. So that's on the higher level, but at the same time, you know, we're enjoying food with it. You know, I think that sometimes when you get these really hoppy, bitter beers that can overwhelm a little bit of, of your flavor of mm-hmm. what you're enjoying and kind of just take over, this doesn't do that at all. You know, I think this provides a nice counterpoint, and it worked really well with my meal today. We, we do have Beaver Island on, right? We had them early on in the show. But, Eric, who else are you selling hops to that have the same kind of feel, this Minnesota-grown hops, that you're proud of another beer that they might have that's maybe not an IPA but just something that has a lot of flavor to it? Yeah, sure. Uh, we work with brewers across the state. There's a um, at our website you can find a list of the current beers that are available, um, including Axe Dragger. Um, I would say, like as far as if you're not a hoppy person, uh, Spiral Brewing's Towny Kolsch is 100% our hops as well, and that is a Kolsch. It's a easy drinking beer. I was just drinking some today <laughs> earlier, and it's a great beer. It's super clean, crisp. Uh, so yeah, whether you're into hops or not, Minnesota hops and and Minnesota malt make the beer that you want to drink. Very cool. Uh, if people are hearing this, Eric, they want to reach out maybe to see if there's any hops left to be purchased or find out more information about you guys at Mighty Axe. Where can they do that, sir? Just Mighty Axe Hops anywhere on the Internet. It's awesome to see you guys and your continued development throughout these years. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we're always happy to come. You got it. And uh, don't forget those two tastings this weekend, correct, Tom, at both stores? Yes, Friday and Saturday. Friday in Minneapolis, 5 to 7. Saturday, 3 to 5 in our White Bear Lake store. You can check out uh, all these beers, including the Axe Dragger, and and learn what a Minnesota IPA is. Fantastic. Thanks, buddy. Love it. All right, we are live here at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. My name is Chris Reavers, alongside of Mike Fredoloni with Fredoloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. And the man responsible for all of us being here this evening, his name is Todd. He is the owner of 30 Bales Restaurant here in Hopkins. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. Thanks for coming. So, uh, Todd... A number of questions. Sure. Where were you born? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> What's I, your sign? I do, first of all, you know, you've been advertising with Garage Logic and now the beer show here for, for some time now. Yeah. I am curious about just kind of how the general landscape of the industry itself, because I, I, I've worked on and off in the service industry for a long time, but when you have a place in downtown Minneapolis, mm-hmm. it's a completely different animal than when sure. you have a place here in Hopkins, because you guys are a stone's throw from 169. Do I consider you a suburb well, neighborhood? Uh, you know, what is that different dynamic between you know downtown wherever and outstate Minnesota? How does that work? Because you've been in the industry for a long time. I have. Um, I, I think there's a major difference between kind of the inner city, Minneapolis, St. Paul, sure, and then moving out to the suburbs. And rural is completely different. Yeah. Um, and I think the dynamic and there's a, a pretty big difference between working in the suburbs and working in one of the two downtowns. Uh, Downtowns, a lot of the places have gone quite small. Uh, rents have gotten very, very expensive. Sure. Labor's gotten very, very expensive. And people's tastes change pretty quickly now. Uh, you know, when we had a restaurant that was kind of a staple, you were, 
you just kind of continued on. You sure. did what you did, you did it well, and people kept coming. Mm-hmm. And now with kind of the change in people's tastes, you have to be a lot more fluid. And your menu has to change, what you offer has to change quite a bit, and you, you really have to think about what you're producing for your clientele. Here's one of the things that I'm always uh, curious about, and that is that uh, you, I know, I know your history. You know, you worked from the dishwasher all the way up through, and I've worked with a lot of people that have done that, people that own restaurants that either were, you know, back-of-the-house guys or, or whatever, and I'm worried that that dynamic of the industry is going to change because of what you just said, and that's the labor costs where, you know, a lot of those positions might be eliminated because of the fact that, you know, that those, so what, my, what I'm getting at is those kids who essentially started in this business as kids aren't going to work their way up, or am I way overestimating that? No, but there are less and less kids getting involved sure. in jobs mm-hmm. as general, uh, much less even starting out as a dishwasher, you know, like – some of us did, you know, when we were 16 years old, right. 15, 16 years old. Uh, what, I think what you find now is that you have where owners used to basically just try to be owners mm-hmm. and glad hand and kind of not be as part of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Owners are all in. Sure. They do so everything. They do saying. everything. Yep. Their middle management's gone. You owners are now managers. Sure. And it's really kind of hard to expand past one or two restaurants because once you get outnumbered, you can only be in so many places at once. Sure. And if you want to continue to be successful, you need to be in your space mm-hmm. working every day. And you need to make sure that you have a very good staff and you're up on that staff and you're giving the clientele what they expect. Well, especially sure. with a place like this where you have a craft kitchen. So you're, I'm sure, looking at every dish that's coming out all day long you're looking at. Yep. Can you describe some of the dishes and, and how you made your menu and, and what, what craft kitchen means or, or made-to-order kitchen? So when we switch from being a sports bar to 30 bales, and part of that process we hired a creative chef. Mm-hmm. And that creative chef uh, basically created the entire first menu. Sure. And everyone thinks, well, it would be a lot of fun, you know, to create a menu, to sit around. Let me tell you, having 40 different entrees in one day <laughs> is not that fun. <laughs> right. You get to about 38, and you're like, I don't want to eat anymore. I don't care what it tastes like. So we did that for two days, narrowed the menu down, made some changes. The chefs went and tweaked them up. Um, unfortunately, in this restaurant... When we first opened up, we had a, a, a little bit of a hiccup with the, the chef that we hired, and he was unable to continue sure. on right away. And our sous chef, David, right there, stepped up to bat and really, really led this kitchen. Wow. Well uh, done, David. Well, here's what's Absolutely. funny, too. Without Wha- him, this wouldn't, have, this wouldn't have gone as well as it has. When I you know, first came out here with my family, who is in the back booth right now, but we first came out here, and you could tell right away, this is different. You know, this menu is different. The, the vibe is different. This is a, a place where you could come with your buddies for happy hour oh, or a place you could come on with your family for brunch yep. on the weekends. And that stood out to me right away, you know, my, upon my first time first time coming here. And that's not always the case with a lot of places, you know, here, it, whether it's, you know, in, a, in an outer ring suburb or whether it's an inner city uh, restaurant. And that's that's something that you should pat yourself on the back for. It's really cool. Well, thank you. It was, it was it's something that we Hold really on. tried when we were doing creating this restaurant mm-hmm. and was we thought there was a niche we could fill out in the western suburbs. And we saw what was happening in restaurants in downtown Minneapolis, and what we were wasn't working anymore, and it was time to refresh. And we knew that we were missing 
certain segments of the population. And one of the segments that seemed to be really lost in the shuffle was a female perspective. And we wanted to make sure that we had a wide variety of products. So if the girlfriend, the wife, mm -hmm. the, the businesswoman wanted to make a decision for lunch, we'd be one of their first choices because we would have something for them that they wanted rather than settling for something that their husband, boyfriend, right. whatever, may choose for them. Um, and I think we did a really good job at that and continue to try to strive at that. Uh, when we first did the initial design on this, I can tell you that the blue was not something that cropped up right away in my brain. Okay. Uh, I had to be convinced uh, of the blue scheme and, and the grays and the tones, and I'm really glad that we stuck with it because cool. the amount of compliments we get on the way the restaurant looks and That's feels. That's beautiful in here. Yeah, thank um, you. I appreciate that. Before you ask your next question, Michael, I want to give the crowd here the opportunity. We're giving away that Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store snowblower during this segment. So if you have not registered yet for that snowblower, please do it now. This is going to be your five-minute warning for that giveaway. So if you haven't done so, please come up and see Ross here at the Register to Win box and make sure you put your name in the hat. All right. And... Don't use the bathroom because if we call out your name and you're in the bathroom, oh God, you're out of luck. So don't just say hold that. it Please don't for say another that. 10 minutes. Please don't say that. <laughs> right? That's not a bad idea. What so, was your question? Um, you know, the, I, I've, my family was in the restaurant business for many, many years, and it's a time-consuming taxing job. What's your favorite part about being here every day? My favorite part mostly is the clientele. Yep. I love meeting people. I love saying hi. I love seeing the same faces. Mm -hmm. I like it when they're happy. Uh, I'm... My personality is a little bit more back behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, my wife works here also on the weekends, and she's always a little bit more out front, sure. a little bit more outgoing. And it, that, that's my favorite part. My mm -hmm. second part is the staff. Mm -hmm. um, doing this as long as Tom and I have, we have watched kids from 17 all the way through marriage. Sure. Uh, you know, with Big Ten, we had... Uh, 30-some marriages between employees. You're kidding me. No, and I, I, we only know of like, three divorces. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad average. And soon their average. kids will start working here. I mean, um, that's, that. Two of my kids do. One of my children cannot. Oh, okay. They don't allow it. One already got fired. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but here's, here's what I wanted to make. I'm glad you brought that up because there's a lot of Garage Logic fans that are here in studio, and... What was so cool was in the first initial run of trying this out, because that's what we yep. were going to do. We were going to try it out. And Todd's response, GLers, was, holy crap, are GLers supportive of And I absolutely. said, you don't know that crowd, man. They absolutely support whether it's Fratelloni's Ace Harbor or 30 Bales Restaurant. They come here, and they and they like their beer. That's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the amount of GLers that we've met. Kind of through the advertising, yeah. and the amount of times that someone says, "Hi, I'm a GLer, yeah. and I heard your podcast," is just it it, it validates what we're doing. That's cool. One yeah. and two, the loyalness of people is is just wonderful. Yeah. I remember I was sitting at that spot right there. It was a Tuesday night. Um, I was tr I was meeting up with my wife who works just down the street over here, and there was a guy sitting across the bar, and he came up to me. He's like, "Are you Reavers?" I said, "What." What the hell? There's three people. It was so cool, but that just that that that's that's really cool to hear, and I know that the the, the partnership has been mutually beneficial. So yes, thank you absolutely. so much, oh, and thanks for uh, thanks for being a supporter of, of this event. It's been a lot to me personally. Oh, thank you very you much. Got it. Round of applause for Todd. Right? Let's give away snowblower reavers. Are you ready? I think so. You know what I'm going to do? Todd's going to pull out the name mm. of the snowblower. 
Roscoe has been... Hey, round of applause for Ross, by the way. This was his day off, and he agreed to come in and help us out. Well, he's getting paid. No, it's not like he's doing this for free. Oh, yeah, actually, you're, you're paying him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. He's an Ace Hardware employee for today. All right, so here is the right, winner. Good luck, everybody. And by the way, before you pull out that name, Mike was the one that said, I want to give away a freaking snowblower. So round of That'd applause for Mike Fratelloni. Thank you so much. All right. What do we got? Let's see the lucky winner. Todd's going to read the name. Dave Morley. There he is. That. All right, Dave. And by the way, well done. we've been here since 3 o'clock. That's the first time Dave stood up from that chair since then. <laughs> well done, Dave. Congratulations. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting not only this live broadcast, but your continued support of both the Beer Show and Garage Logic. Trust me, you have no idea in the transition in these two years that we've gone through how much that truly means to me. And thank you. Thank you so much.